What a showing from the Volunteers, 76-63, a much-needed win over the arch-rival Kentucky, especially after getting embarrassed in Lexington just three weeks ago. Four players scoring double figures, a total team win. Logan Ward jumps on here today. We're going to discuss all of that and more here on a Wednesday Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome into a Wednesday edition of Locked On Balls. I am your host, Eric Kane, and we've got a fun, fun show ahead. Hey, how about that? 76-63 to Tennessee wins over Kentucky in a game that was very critical because of this six-game stretch we've been talking about, especially this week of basketball at home against Kentucky and then on the road against Arkansas. Tennessee ensures at least a 1-1 split and arguably the better of the two teams, arguably the best team in the country. Uh, Tennessee makes quick work at Kentucky. Again, the score got up to a, about 20 at one point in time, but Tennessee finishes it off 76-63. to I'm your host, Eric Kane. So glad to have you guys along for the ride. Thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day and for subscribing on YouTube and uh, watching on YouTube. Really appreciate that as well. All right, so... I do radio at 991thesportsanimal.com. Also, not just .com, but on the FM and AM dials. Also, I'm a writer for VolQuest.com covering Tennessee uh, athletics. But one of my buddies over at the Sports Animal, uh, his name is Logan Ward, and he's going to come on and do this little post-game show with us like he did uh, last week as well. Logan, what's going on, man? What? Hey, real quick, immediate thoughts. A big win for Tennessee. I mean, you said it right there. I think Kentucky is the best team in the country. From what they've done ever since, I guess, the loss to Auburn, Ty Ty Washington wasn't 100% healthy or not. That was very, very evident and clear as soon as that game tipped off. You controlled Oscar Seabway. He didn't have that much of an impact as I'm afraid that he was going to have against kind of a weaker, inexperienced, hasn't shown us a whole lot. Tennessee, you know, down low big man. But, I mean, huge, huge win for Tennessee. And, hey, another 9 o'clock tip. I tell you what, those are so much fun. It is 11.28 local time at the time of this recording here. By the time I get this thing edited, put up on the, uh, you know, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Odyssey, all that, by the time it gets on YouTube, I'll be crawling into bed at about 1.30, 1.45, and... Uh, Oh, that 4.30 that's going to get snoozed to 5 a.m. alarm clock. can't. I about said you get up a whole lot earlier than I do by like three hours. Can't so. uh, can't wait up for that. So, uh, But I, I mean, at least, it, listen, listen, listen. When Tennessee's good, it's good for business. Unfortunately, when Tennessee is very, very bad, it's also good for business. When Tennessee's kind of in between, business ain't so great. This is a big win for Tennessee. And now, of course, I mean, Tennessee's been inside the top 25 all season long, but a marquee win, stays undefeated at home in S all season long, picks up win number eight in SEC play. Rick Barnes is now 9-7 and seven all-time against Kentucky, and the win last night, or tonight really, ensures Tennessee has won at least one game over Kentucky in each of the past seven seasons. So, uh, again, I mean, th this win means so much. Uh, we'll go ahead and start off with the stars of this, this basketball game. You brought up Ty Ty Washington. He had that injury against Florida. Didn't think he was going to play in this game. Toughed it out. Played the first half. First possession of the second half. Turns it over. That's all she wrote for Ty Ty Washington. Kentucky surely was limited uh, without Washington. One of the best freshmen, you know, 
freshman players in the country, one of the better players in the country as well. And so I'm not going to you know discredit that. You mentioned Oscar Sheway there in the open about how Tennessee kind of controlled him. And it's funny, he finished with nine points and 12 rebounds the first go around this game. I mean, he finishes with uh, with 13 points and 15 rebounds. But you're right, it felt like Tennessee controlled the stores for Kentucky and obviously got, got ahead on the offensive end. And really, it was just kind of a route from about midway through the first half. Oscar Seaway, five of five team, excuse me, five of fifteen shooting from the field. That's yeah. clearly not what he does not at night out. He really misses only, you know, four or five shots a game looking at his shooting percentages this season. As I said, I was very, very concerned about how the Tennessee big men were going to match up against him, you know, especially down low, having to go up against that big of a body and a guy who can just dominate the floor. And Rick Barnes said it this week. You can't say player of the year without saying Oscar Sheboy, and certainly he had a good game as well, 13 points, 15 rebounds. But for the most part, I mean, you know, Adu, Fulkerson, Huntley Hatfield at times, Plasvich at times really held their own against Oscar Sheboy, and I think that's a huge, huge part in why Tennessee was able to get this win. You mentioned his name there, Jonas Adu. This is a guy that was planning to red shirts until literally about a week ago, okay? When uh, Olivier Cumwall goes down with injury, you force him into action, and he's going to be a player. We talked about this last week. He's he going to be a player down the line. He held his own. Not only held his own, he looked good out there uh, tonight. Seven rebounds. That's second on the team behind Fulkerson's eight. We'll get to Fulke here in just a minute. Only five points. That's fine, but played 18 minutes, easily a career high. Seven rebounds, easily a career high. Two or three shooting from the field. He is providing Tennessee some great three blocks minutes. as well. Yeah, three blocks, some great minutes in the front court. And I, I just think that obviously you want to have Olivia Cumwell out there, but the way Adu is progressing right now, this is some good, valuable minutes he's getting, and it's helping Tennessee in, a, in the long run. It's clear that I think right now that you know Rick Barnes trusts Adu more, more than Huntley Hatfield. Huntley Hatfield might give you more on the offensive end of the ball, but whenever you look at Rick Barnes and how he constructs his roster and what he demands out of his guys, look no further than Kennedy Chandler and and the point guard position, you know, his whole entire career coaching is what you get out of the defense. And I think he trusts um, Adu a lot more than Huntley Hatfield. As I said, he might not give his as well. Huntley Hatfield's going to, you know, on the offensive end of the floor just because he's so limited in what he really can do. And Huntley Hatfield has shown the ability to at least step out and attempt some, you know, outside shots, kind of like what Kamwa did, but obviously not as good of an outside shooter as Kamwa. That's that's clear. But I think what he meant for this team, you know, tonight and for the rest of the year, if you can get something like this out of him for the remainder of the season, all of a sudden, the loss of Olivier Kumla, it's not that great. I mean, Olivier Kumla was playing his best basketball, but I mean, I look, you know, athletically wise, a lot of guys don't get as athletic down low as, um, as a do. So, I mean, I think he's huge, huge for Tennessee down the stretch. Yeah, and he's just going to continue to get better and better and better. Real quick, we'll hit the stats. We'll hit the player lines and all that in segment two. Uh, we got Josh Ward. It's a Ward times two Wednesday. We got Josh go. Ward coming up in segment three. Uh, but I do want to go through a couple of just notes that I jotted down. All right, so midway through the first, Chandler was just huge. He had 15 points in the first half. That's going to be had 14 points in the first half. Chandler hit back-to-back threes, scored eight straight points, giving Tennessee its first lead of the ball game. During that stretch, Tennessee was on a 12-1 12, 12 run over 327 a game action, led 27-18. That lead grew to a 17-1 to run up to 32-18. Uh, 
During that stretch, Kentucky was 0 for their last 8 from the field, no field goals, and an 8.39 time span that grew up to 10 minutes. And I forgot where I stopped counting. It was about 10.32, I believe, is when Kentucky, how long Kentucky went without a field goal there in that first half. Tennessee in the first half, 55% from the field, 55% from three. And again, Chandler 15, Vescovy 14. Josiah Jordan James had seven. Of course, he was in foul trouble all night long, ultimately ended up fouling out. Uh, late in the ball game, but nonetheless, Tennessee a great first half and position them good with a halftime lead of 46-32, and Tennessee able to slam the door shut in the second half. All right, he's Logan Ward. I'm Mary Kane. We'll come back and uh, we will continue to break down Tennessee's 76-63 victory over the Kentucky Wildcats. But before we get back into it, I'll remind you guys about Bill Bar. Right? It's that time of the year. A lot of you guys maybe have given up on your New Year's resolutions. You don't have to with Built Bars, especially with the new Puffs from Built Bar. First ever protein bar that's infused with marshmallows, okay? They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. A fan favorite as well includes flavors like Yummy, yummy Cinnamon, Churro, Coconut Marshmallow, Banana Cream Pie, so good. Brand new flavors out each and every week at Built.com. All Built Bars, not just the Puffs, Covered in 100% chocolates, contains so many proteins, up to 17 grams of proteins, only four net carbs, four grams of sugar, and only 130 calories. You compare that to a lot of the candy bars, you're looking at about 240 calories plus. So stick to those New Year's resolutions, and you can do it with the Built Bars. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey guys, want to thank you so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day, whether you listen on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. And of course, supporting the YouTube channel. Go ahead, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Search Locked On Balls on YouTube. Watch the show there. Let's continue to grow it as we talk Tennessee, a win over Kentucky. 76-63, to a monster win for the Volunteers. We welcome back Logan Ward uh, here, breaking this down for us here in the first, uh, second segment now before we get to Josh Ward in segment number three. All right, let's look at some of these stats here. So Tennessee did a great job defensively. Uh, first time in the Rick Barnes era that Tennessee allowed 100-plus points ever, and that was the first time these two teams met. 107 for Kentucky, now 63 the second go around, and Tennessee did a great job with some of the best players. Wheeler, 4 of 10. Uh, Brooks Jr., 1 of 6. Uh, Grady, 2 of 9. Sheboy, as you mentioned, Logan, 5 of 15. Mintz, 4 of 12. Uh, Tennessee really, really did a number on a lot of those guys, and in the process, you were getting some great offensive you know, fireworks from from Chandler, who finished 3 of 5 from long range, 5 of 9 shooting, 17 points. Vescovy, 18 points. Uh, 6 of 12 from the field, 14 from Ziegler. A lot of those came on late. 14 from John Fulkerson. And let's go ahead and talk about John Fulkerson right there. All right, you know, we, we we make a big point about John Fulkerson, talking about him on the show a lot of the times, saying that I don't think that you should ever, you know, 
expect him to return to the Folk Mania, the, the second half of 2019 or whatever. This is a great game for John Fulkerson. Again, 4-6 from the field, 14 points, perfect from the line, 6-6, six six, eight rebounds. Uh, he had a couple steals as well. I'm not even saying get this from John Fulkerson, you know, but but if you get, you know, anywhere from seven to twelve and, and five to six rebounds, that's great. This is an awesome performance from John Fulkerson, and it was great to see on a night when Tennessee was playing arguably the best team on the schedule. He finally looked quick again. You know, um, I guess, you know, ever since uh, the Arizona game, I'll say the last time he was, you know, really himself as far as, you know, pre-COVID. He missed the Alabama game, clearly was not right from there on out. But what Tennessee continues to do with him, very similar tonight, what they did with him in the Arizona game. They put him right there at the free throw line and then just let him drive by Shibway, drive by whatever big man is on because, yes, he's undersized. He's not the biggest. He's not the tallest. But I tell you what, at that size, playing bigger guys like Shibway who doesn't move you know, great laterally, he can go right by him, and that, and that was very evident. Even the broadcast mentioned that earlier on in the first half. Whenever he drove by Sheboy back-to-back possessions, they said that's a problem for John Calipari, and John Calipari does not want Fulkerson to be matched up on Sheboy at the top of the key, and that's what Tennessee needs to continue to do. But I agree with you. Just get seven, get 12, maybe jump up, get 14 points, you know, grab down eight rebounds as he did tonight. If Tennessee can just get... A little bit. I don't feel like we're asking a lot. We're not going to get 25 like 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 he had against um, Arizona. You're not going to get 27 like he had several years ago in Rupp Arena. Just get seven to 12 points a game. I think that's a perfect perfect you know point of total for John Fulkerson for the rest of the season. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. But of course, 14 points, eight rebounds, a block, and a steal. I mean that that you'll you'll take that obviously each and every day. You go into the second half. We mentioned Ty Ty Washington went out after that first possession. Uh, you had uh, Tennessee turn in its largest lead at the time of 17 points with a Fulkerson uh, made layup. And then Kentucky went on a little bit of a run. It was making three of its last three, cut it to 51-39, went on a 9-0 run uh, that spanned about two minutes and 57 seconds off the clock. They cut it to 51-43. During that span, Tennessee was 0 for its last four, had a scoring drought of a little under four minutes. Uh, but then again, Tennessee's offense came back. Vescovy had a layup at the banger, the dagger with Ziegler's three, and Tennessee got that lead, a largest lead up to about 20 uh, on the night. And, you know, for Tennessee, again, we're talking about this week. I said on the show, TSL, on uh, Tuesday morning, if we're if we're splitting hairs here, if we're picking Tennessee, what the record's going to be on the week, I said one and one. I initially said Tennessee was going to lose, and I guess that was I guess that was uh, kind of my final pick, if you want to call it. I said I think Tennessee will lose a close one tonight, but then again, I went back and said I, you know, I, I was playing both sides of the fence. I said I feel better about this game than I do Tennessee on the road against Arkansas. But regardless, ensuring a one and one record this week with Arkansas, who's playing out of its mind as well, beat up on Missouri earlier tonight too. This is a huge win for Tennessee that you'll have to play Auburn coming up later. You'll have to welcome back Arkansas as well, and then those sandwich games with Georgia uh, and Missouri. It's not the goal to win regular season SEC titles, but it's certainly on the table right now. And, and, and again, I don't think that we should expect that, but it is on the table. Tennessee does control its own destiny following a win tonight against Kentucky. I mean, sure, it's there, but I mean, you know, looking at, you know, Kentucky was clearly not, you know, Kentucky not the best team in the country that I think me and you both agree with that they were playing the best basketball that, that they've played all season you know Ty Ty Washington 
in my opinion, outside of Shibuya, they're clearly their most important player. He was not 100% healthy. But Eric, I'm going to go something back a minute ago in that second half. And I even texted this to you during halftime. I said, a Tennessee lull's coming. We've seen it game in, game out. It's almost got them in a couple of games recently. It almost got them in the Arizona game. We've seen this all year. There's going to be a time where Tennessee goes, you know, sometimes five, six, seven minutes where they don't have a point. Now, luckily in this game, you had a big enough lead, and Kentucky was also having those times where they yeah, went, you know, at 1.10 minutes here. without a point. I was going to say, if you want to compare lulls, at least it wasn't a 10-minute-plus lull. Exactly. Yeah. Like Kentucky went through, Tennessee was just a little under four minutes. But you're right, Tennessee has one of those each and every game, but you got to hope that you have a lead and you're playing good defensively like Tennessee was tonight. And that was the question, you know, going, going into this game, you have all the momentum in the world, all the momentum – in the world, you just won your eighth SEC game in a row. That's incredibly, incredibly hard. And in what I believe and what most believe to be the best basketball conference in America with those lulls, and we're going to see it throughout the rest of the year. Every team has it, but we've seen Tennessee tonight. They had a big enough lead against a very, very good Kentucky team. I'll say it again. I believe to be the best team in the country right now, or at least coming into this game. They had a big enough lead to be able to withstand that lull. The question is, can they continue to do that? And if they do have a lull, what do they do on the back end and the front end of that to build a lead and then recover from that? That's the main question uh, for me going forward. Yeah, just pop the tape into the first half tonight, and I think a lot of those questions are answered, right? Uh, a couple more things, then we'll uh, hand it over to my conversation from earlier in the day with Josh Ward. Uh, Tennessee at one point in time was shooting over 60% from the field. You knew that wouldn't sustain, although – Kentucky in the first outing shot 67% from the floor, which is just idiotic. But Tennessee finishes 44% from the field, 24-54. Kentucky 34% from the field. Tennessee shot 47% from three, eight of 17. We talk about not taking too many threes. That 17 to 22 is kind of where you want to be. Tennessee took 17, made over nearly 50% of them. Uh, Tennessee was 20 of 23 from the charity stripe, a team that's gotten a little bit better little bit better as the season's gone on and making its free throws. Tennessee did that uh, here tonight as well. Points off turnovers. Tennessee scored 20 points off 14 Kentucky turnovers. I thought that was huge as Kentucky scored 30, excuse me, Kentucky scored 32 points off 20 Tennessee turnovers the first go around. So kind of a tale of two halves or a tale of two games there. Uh, and again, one more player I want to mention before we call quits here in segment two. It's a guy Ziegler. Obviously, the legend's growing. Everybody loves him. He might go down already as one of a fan favorite, like top five in all of Tennessee basketball. He finished with 14 points, had four assists, a couple of steals. He continues to be uh, such an incredible piece for this Tennessee basketball team. But real quick, let's talk about that scuffle there early in the first half. I mean, no one's going to get punked, right? You're playing your biggest rival. That place at Thompson Bowling Arena was absolutely nuts. Okay, obviously we weren't there because we had to be, you know, ready standing by to record this show as soon as the game was over. But Fulkerson goes out, throws the ball off the Kentucky player, falls on the bench. Didn't look like anything happened there. He was on the ground, about to stand up. Vescovy runs over, Ziegler runs over. And and I don't want to call him a coach. I'm not sure what his role is. Maybe an assistant strength coach, whoever that guy was. Looked like he wasn't getting out of the way, and Ziegler just pushed him. Just pushed him. I mean, I put on Twitter, yeah, Ziegler definitely started that whole thing, and everybody was, you know, coming at me. But I just think it's so funny. You Ziegler, can't say that, yeah, yeah. You know, whether that was the right move or not, I mean, you know, that it, it ignited that arena. The FU Kentucky chants were loud and proud inside Thompson Bowling Arena. 
Ziegler is a guy that will not back down from anybody. And with that little scuffle uh, that he did start, uh, granted, the guy might not have gone out of his way. And I'm sure, you know, some things were said. I thought that was a real critical point in this ballgame early on. He's an energy guy, and that's something that we have noticed that has been very, very evident the past, you know, six, seven games. Really, this whole Tennessee, you know, winning streak, especially on the road at Texas, and it showed against South Carolina. It showed last game. It showed on Saturday, and it showed tonight. And it's going to probably continue to, you know, rear itself as well. But one thing, Eric, I mentioned it to you during the break. Just one last thing about the game. Combined starters, you know, the big man, Huntley Hatfield and Plasvich tonight, a combined 0 of 6 from the field and 0 points. On the surface, you don't want your starters to do that, but it also helps whenever you get a combined 19 from your two other big men coming off the bench and a dude blocking, you know, three shots as well. And John Fulkerson having a John Fulkerson-like, yeah. you know, performance that we are, you know, used to seeing. And also 35 points combined for Vescovy and Chandler. You want to get some points out of your frontline big man, especially Plasvich. He didn't look healthy that game. He kind of got, you know, I guess hitting the rib, hitting the side of it was kind of a weird thing in, the, um, in there, but just the emergence of Fulkerson again and the way it do is continuing to step up. That's going to be huge for Tennessee down the stretch. Yep. Um, and I talked a little bit, or I, I will, I will talk with Josh a little bit about that as well. It's like these guys are starting, but they're not playing starter minutes, right? I mean, usually Tennessee plays the big men each of the first minutes, you know, a little bit, the first half of each half. And then Tennessee goes small ball. Obviously, Josiah Jordan James. Uh, was in foul trouble, who had a really good first half, by the way. Was in foul trouble all night long, didn't play a whole lot of minutes when it was all said and done. So Tennessee had to play a do a whole lot more, and he progressed, and he looked great. But it's like Huntley, Hatfield, and Plastic, they're starters right now, and that's fine. Don't change it if it's not broke, but they're not playing starter minutes. And so I think when you do get that production, as you mentioned, from a Ziegler who comes off the bench, you transition into small ball, a do tonight, um, and you know moving forward. And, and Fulkerson, of course, who played a ton tonight, um, you know, that that's okay. That can overcompensate it. So, uh, nonetheless, Tennessee wins over Kentucky. Number 16, Tennessee takes down number four, Kentucky. Uh, at home inside TBA, 76-63. Rick Barnes, again, 9-7 and seven all-time against Kentucky. Tennessee has beaten Kentucky at least once in each of the past seven seasons. And uh, should, be, uh, should be an interesting round three if it comes to that in the SEC tournament. Logan, appreciate you the last two weeks um, sticking up with me here and, and – uh, Recapping the Tennessee game, I know you'd rather be asleep, but appreciate it. Give the uh, listeners, everybody watching can see your Twitter handle, but give the listeners a chance to to find your work on social and, uh, of course, on the Eric Ain Show. Yeah, at Logan Ward 98 on Twitter for all your, you know, your fun takes and you know likes and everything like that that I'll throw out that way. And also 9 to noon every uh, weekday and also Saturdays from 8 to 10 on the Sports Animal, 9 to noon on the Eric Ain Show every Monday through Friday, and then every Saturday 8 to 10 on Saturday Sports Talk. All right, Logan. Sleep tight, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll see. We'll try. All right, that is Logan Ward. And go ahead and give him a follow. He does a, a really, really nice job. And also, if you like the numbers, he's into the numbers. Give him a follow. He also um, throws out some free picks each and every day. All right. We'll have Josh Ward coming up. And again, a reminder, it was recorded before the game, but still a lot of good stuff there for about this six-game stretch for Tennessee basketball. So Josh Ward is coming up next. But first, it is betonline.net. Football might be over the season, but basketball, it's full steam ahead, both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, 
podcast news this year. And it's not just basketball either. I bet online.net, your favorite source for hockey, for boxing, for UFC, odds right to the Olympic coverage happening in Beijing right now. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device and find all the latest trends in the action that you love. Hey, this Kentucky-Tennessee game, it was the betonline.net uh, uh, line of the day heading into it. It had Tennessee minus one, and of course, Tennessee covered that. So for all your latest news and picks each and every day, go check it out. It's Bet Online. Bet Online. It is where the game starts. All right, guys, one more segment here on a Wednesday show. This is Locked On Balls. We transition from one ward to another and bring in Josh Ward. And Josh, uh, a big week for Tennessee basketball, of course, because of timing conflicts and these, <laughs> we were just talking about these late nine o'clock Eastern time tip offs, you know, get you in after Tennessee plays Kentucky. It was just impossible this week. So, knowing that we're doing this before the Kentucky game, a huge week for Tennessee basketball. You're hosting Kentucky, obviously, then on the road. Uh, to, uh, to uh, Arkansas, and it's really kicking off with just a brutal uh, six-game stretch for Tennessee. What do you see from the Volunteers this week? What would be successful uh, during this six-game run? Well, if Tennessee can win both games, that's incredible. If Tennessee can split, I think that's really good. Going 0-2 would be a disappointing week, but not the end of the world. And again, uh, this conversation is before one of the games, but uh, I, I just really like the way Tennessee is playing a lot of the time. Not perfect for 40 minutes. I don't think anybody expects that and shouldn't in college basketball. But I do think that Tennessee has found a lineup that is really difficult for opponents. And that is a lineup that has Kennedy Chandler on the floor with Zakai Ziegler, Santiago Vescovi, Josiah Jordan-James, and then uh, most likely John Fulkerson as the five. Olivier would have been a really good option there, but he's out because of the ankle injury. So I think that lineup, I don't know if it's the lineup of death that the Warriors had several years ago, but it's a really productive lineup. And what it's able to do, it's versatile because of Josiah Jordan-James' ability to defend multiple positions. And, and John Fulkerson is a guy that's kind of been uh, moved aside in the conversation, but shouldn't be. He's really important, showed that this past weekend again. So there's a lot of potential for this team when the best lineup, in my opinion, that Tennessee has is on the floor. It kind of seems like Rick Barnes is pushing the right buttons here lately. That's not your your starting five, but that's the five that we see a lot of the time. Tennessee going small ball. Looks like the Volunteers are playing a lot of Uros and Jonas Adu, Brandon Huntley Hatfield in the beginning of each the first half and the second half. But as the half goes on, you go to that four guard lineup. Ziegler gets onto the court. If Ziegler's out, maybe a Justin Powell. But then it is Josiah and John Fulkerson. Do you think that's by design? Do you think we could see? Uh, a little bit of it more intertwined because it almost seems like you see the bigs in there the first half of each half and then multiple and then you know they're on after it looks like it's just kind of small ball yeah I do think it depends on the matchup that's going to be a factor it was against Mississippi State the first game that Tennessee played without Olivier Kumwa when on Sports 180 we talked to Mike Schwartz Tennessee's associate head coach he said yeah the multiple bigs on the court against that team really mattered so a matchup against Auburn you know let's see what the matchup is there in terms of the personnel that is used but uh, I, I think overall you know making sure for 40 minutes you are spreading guys out in their minutes Urosh is not playing a ton of minutes, but he's playing uh, a lot early uh, as a starter, obviously. And then as the game goes along, I think Tennessee kind of transitions into that smaller lineup. And I, I just think that's Tennessee's best fit. They can't do that for 40 minutes uh, because you, know, you have to have Josiah be a part of that 
for you to be at your best. And you're not going to ask Sakai Ziegler to play 40 minutes, uh, really anybody. So uh, Justin Powell's important, I think, coming off the bench, as you mentioned his name. And Victor Bailey gets an opportunity, but he's not playing a big role for Tennessee. So I think it's largely the group that I mentioned that is going to give Tennessee its best shot. It, it has to include Vescovy because he's so good and so important, and he has to stay out of foul trouble. That's been part of the conversation. And then Kennedy Chandler, who, uh, as the season has gone along, I think has just played really good basketball. Not perfect, again, but uh, mm-hmm. difference-making basketball a lot of the time. Yeah, and somebody else has been playing really, really good basketball of late is Akai Ziegler. And let me preface this by saying um, I, I think that uh, Zakiah has, has been phenomenal to watch. He's added so much, obviously, off the bench. He's a big, big, important part of this team. But the question was asked in the Volquest chat earlier this week, uh, who's more talented, Chandler or Zakai Ziegler? And it's, you know, to me, it's pretty black and white. It is obviously Chandler is more talented than Zakai Ziegler. I think I offended some people when I, when I said that, but Again, it's point blank. Chandler is more talented than Zakai Ziegler. That's nothing against Zakai Ziegler, but isn't that a great conversation to be having right now because Ziegler's playing so well? Um, and and obviously, like I said, he's he's a huge part of what this team is doing right now. Yeah, he's he's a terrific story. He's a good player. He is helping Tennessee. That that's why I included him in the best lineup that Tennessee has because Zakai makes that kind of impact. But uh we have a draft coming up and Kennedy Chandler will probably be a part of it and will have a good chance to be a first round pick. Zakai would not have that chance. Uh, so we, we shouldn't go overboard here in the conversation. Zakai is a really good player for Tennessee. And I think he's going to be a fan favorite for several years. He already ranks very high on that. Maybe all time conversation. Uh, no joke uh, with what fans think about Zakai Ziegler. And he has earned that by the way that he's played. But mm-hmm. I, I think Tennessee has a big three. And that is Santiago Vescovi, Kennedy Chandler, and Josiah Jordan-James. That's not necessarily a ranking, but I think that's Tennessee's big three in terms of highest upside, biggest impact. There's the reason. There's a reason they play the minutes that they do because of what they're able to do on the floor. The, the uh, quote, X factor might be Josiah because of what he does on both ends of the floor. And when he's playing at his best on offense, then Tennessee is really difficult to beat. But uh, I think it's pretty clear who the, quote, big three is. And then... Players like uh, Zakai will be really important, and John Fulkerson is really important. The other guys have to play their role, but I I think it's become pretty apparent during this winning streak that Tennessee has put together in SEC play who the leaders on the floor are for Tennessee to be at its best. Still plenty of basketball left to play. Again, at the time of this, you know, people are watching five more games left in the regular season, SEC tournaments, of course, then you got the NCAA tournaments. But looking ahead to next year, the Tennessee basketball roster, it's going to lose John Fulkerson. And of course, um, obviously, I'm not asking to break any news or anything here, but the conversation will then begin to say, well, who else could potentially maybe look for something else? Not necessarily transfer, but could Santiago Vescovi maybe look to go and play professional somewhere? Could Josiah Jordan James maybe look to go to the draft? Uh, Obviously, Kennedy Chandler, John Fulkerson. Do you, when you think of the makeup of this team coming back next season, a lot can change. Do you see anybody else declaring for the NBA draft or maybe uh, pursuing other professional opportunities, uh, you know, leaving this roster right now? Uh, no, not besides what you mentioned. I think it's still uh, really likely that Kennedy Chandler looks to go to the NBA after this season. I, don't, I know that was his plan when he arrived at Tennessee, was to play yeah. a season at Tennessee and then go to the NBA. Josiah absolutely should consider doing that. I know that fans have looked at his shooting and said, well, 
what's wrong with Josiah? His game has so much to go along with the shooting, which has improved during SEC play. But I think Josiah has a really good chance to be in the NBA. I think teams will love his size and intelligence and ability to defend multiple positions and still make plays on offense at times. Uh, I don't think Huntley Hatfield or a doer in that kind of situation shouldn't be right now. In a year, I think that conversation can change. And Vescovy could certainly explore that opportunity to be a pro basketball player. So uh, th- there's a lot to be determined. You never know with the transfer portal. That's just that's going to be a question mark for pretty much every team, every offseason when players have eligibility to to go somewhere else. Powell's already transferred to Tennessee, so his ability to play right away elsewhere would be gone. But uh, I think if, as you look forward, right now I would think about, okay, Zakai Ziegler, somebody to build around in the backcourt. Justin Powell will continue to improve. Huntley Hatfield and Adu can do that for you in the post. And I like Jemai Meshack's potential. I, I like – uh, his leadership qualities, I like his um, his understanding of what his role has been to this point, his explosiveness on the court, and he'll continue to develop. So again, not knowing if somebody might look to transfer and go somewhere else, those players that we're not talking about as much right now will have bigger roles to play next year. Yeah, Olivier Comal will be in that conversation sure, as well. Yeah, you know, yeah him back coming back. Through. I left his name out, but he would be he would be one of the first guys I would look to to help lead Tennessee's basketball team, not knowing the status of Josiah and, and Vescovy. They would obviously be high on that list too. But if, if they were to decide to leave, then Olivier and uh, Zakai would probably be the top two guys you'd look to say, okay, minutes plus uh, leadership, let's mm-hmm. have those guys carry us. And then again, uh, I think if his role expands, Jemai Meshack has those characteristics too. Last thing, Josh, let's transition over to the football field. Kind of an open-ended question. I know Tennessee swung a miss on a couple of guys in the portal. It's kept its assistant coaching staff uh, you know, intact to this point. How would you evaluate Tennessee's offseason for football so far? I think it's been quiet, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Tennessee wanted to land some help in the transfer portal that it was not able to find in the first go-around. It'll have another opportunity after the spring. But overall, I think... Quiet is a pretty good answer because noise has led to a lot of chaos for Tennessee during the offseason in previous years, and Tennessee fans know exactly what I'm talking about. But the uh, return of the coaching staff, I think, is really good for Tennessee heading into 2022. Do not expect that to be an annual conversation. You don't necessarily want it to be an annual conversation. If if you are building a program, then assistants, young assistants like Alex Golish, I think he's going to have big opportunities in his future as a coach. Schools are going to come calling, and eventually they will accept those calls. But right now, with where Tennessee is and looking for some continuity and something to build on, it's in a really good position. And then, obviously, the optimism is going to be around Hinden Hooker, that offense, Cedric Tillman, those guys coming back. I think some pretty clear leadership with those guys and Jerome Carvin and an offensive line that has four or five starters returning. So I would be really happy with not hearing too much on uh, on the off-field side of things for Tennessee and then hope you can still find some guys that can come in as transfers after spring because let's also make no mistake on the defensive side while players will have a chance to develop and play bigger roles they need some personnel upgrades they mm-hmm. they at least need more competition that that would be part of the conversation guys that can come in and either play right away or push the guys who right now expect to play that is Josh Ward he is the co-host of Sports 180 on 99.1 the sports animal Josh what's uh Coming up on the uh, the rest of the week on your show. Yeah, a lot of Tennessee basketball this week with a huge week and just a few weeks to go, and the Vols are in a really good position for the NCAA tournament. So that NFL and Tennessee football offseasons, we have a lot going on in the sports world. Awesome, Josh. Thanks so much, man. We'll uh, can't wait until next week to get you back on. 
You got it. Thank you. All right, that is Josh Ward, former host here of Locked On Vols, current host of Sports 180, again on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Ward Wednesday, every single Wednesday right here on Locked On Vols. Thanks so much for making Locked On Vols your first listen each and every day. Give Locked On Bets your second listen. Your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Check out Locked On Bets right after Locked On Vols. Guys, thanks so much for your continued support with the YouTube show. Continue to subscribe. Search Locked On Vols on your YouTube channel and uh, go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button and let's get those views up there. Guys, thanks so much. We'll be back here for a Thursday show. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody.